Welcome to Series 1, Episode 7. This series, Coronavirus Lockdown, is an archive of live video Q&As streamed online. In this episode, I chat to Harry Bliss from Champion Health, where we answered your mental health questions, giving lots of tips, tools and practical guidance for a better mental health. Enjoy! Welcome to the Johnny Ross Audio Experience. I'm Johnny Ross, founder and digital marketing strategist of Fleet Marketing. Each podcast, I'll be bringing you an expert to inspire you, to give you some great business growth takeaways, and to get you thinking about marketing and the bigger picture of how businesses can improve, adapt, and grow. I look forward to sharing this with you on each podcast. So here we go. Hi, and welcome this morning to our another live Q&A. Uh, this morning we've got uh, Harry Bliss from Champion Health. How are you, Harry? Yeah, very well, thank you, Johnny. How are you? I'm good, yes, thank you. Uh, so uh, this is uh, following on of our series of uh, getting an expert in to help us through this uh, coronavirus chaos. Um, lots of people uh, with lots of questions, lots of hopes, lots of, we've all got the same hopes, we've all got the same fears, uh, we've all got this, the same uh, concerns and uh, and the idea is that we're here to try and help you navigate this and get through this and give you the right tools and resources and, and the right people to speak to. Um, so we've got a Facebook group, Coronavirus uh, Yorkshire Business Support Group, uh, which was set up by a couple of different companies, myself, Johnny Ross at Fleet Marketing and uh, Virtual DCS. We're streaming live on Facebook in the group. We're also streaming live on YouTube. Uh, if you're watching this on Catch Up, uh, please put hashtag replay so that we understand how you're uh, watching these things and these will be shared on different platforms afterwards so today we're talking about mental health if you've got questions we really would like them so please do comment please ask questions um and um we're talking uh, about uh, mental health for your team so if you're uh, managing if you're if you're a senior leader managing uh, large teams you know do you should you be worried about mental health? Why should you be worried about mental health? What are the things that you could be doing? Um, and uh, and we're also going to be talking about how we can help your own mental health as well. So, Harry, a bit of background. Let's let's hear a bit about yourself and uh, and how what how how you're here today. So yeah, so thank you for having me. First of all, um, so I founded Champion Health two years ago, having worked for the largest corporate health and wellbeing provider. And about eight months into our journey with Champion Health, I unfortunately lost a friend um, of mine to suicide. Um, and that was due to workplace pressures from what we understand. Um, now, this chap was 40 years old, probably the most successful person that I'd ever met. Um, and he had a wife and two kids that are absolutely lovely. I used to coach them at cricket. And we just realized there was something really not quite right in our society. So we changed our ethos slightly and set out on the mission um, eight months into the business of changing and saving lives. And we built a whole tool um, for workplaces to be able to follow um, that's all evidence-based with that mission at the forefront. Wow. And um, and so the type of organizations that you're working with now that they, they, they typically would have, um, you typically work directly with, with the HR department, HR directors um, and unreasonably large teams. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. We work with um, corporates, the largest corporates within the financial industries. We've got 
Um, really fantastic contracts with the NHS, which I'm delighted um, that we've managed to get out over the line, especially at the moment, to support NHS staff's mental health and wellbeing. We've got a, um, we're working with one of the largest councils in the UK with 600,000 members of their population. But then we also work with smaller businesses as well and the SMEs. So it's really hard for us to be able to identify a specific target market because mental health applies to everyone um, at work um, and it's absolutely vital that organisations prioritise this. And so why? So, why? so I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry, I've got a, a team of of, uh, of people all of a sudden, uh, we were working in, in a, a one location, you know, uh, 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 potentially hundreds, if not thousands of staff, all of a sudden working remotely. Yeah. I'm worried about lots of things. Why do I need to worry about mental health? Well, what we know from mental health in terms of the absence data out there, it's the largest cause of work-related illness um, and musculoskeletal health is second to that. And I think it's really important that we don't just focus on mental health. We look at areas such as sleep. We look at areas such as back pain because it all ties in together. What we know is if an individual's got back pain, they are more at risk of developing a mental health problem and vice versa. So we need to look at everything together. Now, in terms of the why, there are three reasons for any business to look at this seriously and invest time and money. The first thing is the moral case. Now, we know that suicides are on the increase within the UK. Um, mental health problems are increasing. Also, you have not only a duty of care, but the, yeah, the moral duty um, of being able to optimise your team's health and well-being. So that's the first thing. The second thing is the legal case. And if you have five or more employees within your organisation, you must conduct stress risk assessments on your workforce. Now, that is a legal duty set out from the health and safety executive. So the second thing is reducing the risk of work related stress claims. The third thing is the financial case. And this is why a lot of organisations alongside the other two areas invest in health and well-being because of the return on investment. And what we know within corporates is mental health problems are costing them tens of millions of pounds within SMEs, hundreds of thousands of pounds. And what we know from successful workplace health interventions is they generate a return on investment between 900 to 1000%. And that's through reducing absenteeism, improving productivity. So what we know is if we have good sleep, we're more productive. If we're more physically active, we're more productive, etc. You see where I'm going with that. And then in terms of staff turnover as well, we know there's a huge cost attached with staff turnover, especially losing our key members of staff. And so if we can reduce the rates of attrition throughout our workforce, that's also where the return investment is generated. So just to summarise that, there's the moral, legal and then financial case. What we're going to talk about um, some some really simple practical tips for 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 even you know for for, for whoever for, for you who whoever's watching right now um, we're going to talk about some practical tips around what you could be doing uh, to improve your. Uh, your mental health, um, but also uh, we're also going to be talking to to uh, senior leaders on how you can implement things for your teams. Um, so before we get to to how we can help you personally, um, as a senior leader, what are the the um, initiatives that we could uh, implement? What what initiatives are, are out there that we could implement for our employees? 
So I think the first thing is that at the moment, it's extremely tough times for UK businesses. Um, no matter what business you're in, no matter what industry you're in, it is affecting you somehow. And especially the uncertainty of what we don't know is going to happen um, after coronavirus, for example, and the potential economic downturn. So one of the core areas of our business, um, we've just made free of charge for UK businesses and global businesses also. So this is an online mental health training course that educates every employee within mental health um, from how to manage stress, anxiety and depression or how to prevent those issues from occurring all the way through to how to spotting the warning signs of a colleague that is struggling and being able to support and signpost them. Now that was all developed um, and the idea came about um, after my friend unfortunately took his life as we truly believe this could have reduced the risk if we had people trained up in mental health in the organisation and himself trained up in how to prevent crisis from occurring. Um, that's the aim of it. So it's completely free of charge. There's no hidden costs during COVID-19. We've had hundreds of businesses, hundreds of thousands of people in total going um, through it. So that's our aim. I've just put the, the link on the screen. It's championhealth.co.uk forward slash online uh, mental health training. And um, so, so what, what that that's for our employees to work through, is that right? And that's to, to give them some support. And, and, and what, what are the sort of things we might expect in, inside there? So within there, there are detailed action plans as to what you can do to optimize your own mental well-being. So no matter what state of mental well-being you're in, whether it's good or poor, um, we enable the individual to have an action plan. There are other areas such as awareness raising tools on stress, anxiety and depression, how to spot the warning signs of them. And then we have a five step process to follow. They're all designed by our academics at the University of Sheffield and Leeds Beckett University as to what to do if you spot the warning signs of a colleague struggling. I think one really important thing to note is that if you do have furloughed employees, they can complete the training. So they're allowed to go through training courses. Furloughed employees may have low self-esteem at the moment um, because they're, they're not necessarily engaging in productive work. And so they're able to go through this and you can support their mental health throughout this period and beyond T taking a step back from the 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 training and the tool um if you've got uh, furloughed employees what would be your advice on the things to be thinking about or doing during this period because i'm assuming uh, rightly or wrongly that, that that people that are on furlough you know perhaps there are some people that are, are, are living the dream and and, and, and enjoying it but at my i think realistically some of them will be worried about whether they've got their jobs after this and and what's really happening and, and are they valued uh, so I, I would have thought their anxieties are through the roof absolutely and what we've seen in terms of the data out there is that there's a 37 percent increase in mental health problems since lockdown so we know that there may be some individuals as you say that are treating it as a bit of a holiday but there will be heightened anxiety um, throughout the nation and throughout our workforces at the moment. So in terms of, I think you've hit the nail on the head, um, Johnny, with what you said, we need to value every employee, whether they're furloughed or whether they're not, we need to value them. And the way that we can value them is through communication and making sure that we are compassionate, um, we're empathetic with them, we're able to support them, 
but something we spoke about um, the other week when we first connected, Johnny, that we need to be, uh, there's a lot of stuff around social isolation at the moment. And I think we need to get away from that. I think it needs to be more around physical distancing, not social distancing. And as organizations, you may be the only person that that individual has contact with. Um, we do live in a society whereby we're probably the most connected we've ever been on social media, but we're the least connected in terms of valued relationships. So as businesses, I think it's really important to maintain those communication channels, whether it's just a text, an email, or a phone call, or a Zoom call, um, maintaining those communication channels is absolutely vital, not only for each individual employee, but for your business when all of this passes. I, th I think I think you've got a great point there around the, just even the wording of it, that social distancing. Um, it, I mean, as you've as you've said and indicated, uh, you know, the country already has a problem with social isolation. Full stop. Um, the, the the phrase social distancing is just going to to compound that. Um, and uh, and I think you're absolutely right that we we should really be calling it uh, physical distancing. It's a fair point. It's 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 more of what it actually is, isn't it? Uh, yeah, so mm, that's uh, so um, so so going back to this, uh, the furloughed employees, it's about making them feel valued. Are there any practical tips that you could, uh, you know, that you could share or offer just simple things that we could do? So I think the first thing we touched upon is communication. Um, so we spoke a lot about that. The second thing is sending them through training courses. Now they're allowed to do continued professional development and add to their skills. And so if there are free courses, if you can afford as an organization to pay for some courses, Udemy is fantastic, U-D-E-M-Y. And that is a online e-learning platform which um, has a load of CPD accredited tools. It could be from sales all the way through to marketing. And so getting your team trained up even further during this period is really important so we can really hit the ground running when all of this passes. They're the organizations and they're the employees that I believe will be the most valuable um, in terms of productivity going forward are those that have continued to learn and develop during this period we, and haven't necessarily just treated it as one big holiday. With, with, with the com communication side of things, any any thoughts on how often and how and, and anything in that or is it is it just to increase it? Or do, I, I don't know if you've been, you've been involved in that to be fair to you, but, but at the same time, if you do have any thoughts or tips. Yeah, I think there can be over communication. Um, I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, I think it needs to be what's right. And we need to make sure that the communication channels are two ways. So it's not just you as a colleague or a business owner reaching out to a colleague. Um, it needs to be the other way as well. And so making sure that you've got an open door um, and you're able to respond to these colleagues when um, when they've got queries or whether they've got concerns. I think that's really important. That it's not just you contacting them. It's actually enabling them to contact you. And that would, to me, be a very mentally healthy and a psychologically safe environment if we've got that going on. So in terms of creating that, it's making sure people do know that they can reach out if they are struggling and they know yeah. where to reach out and who to reach out to. So it's clear signposting and it's making sure um accessibility absolutely what what i have heard in in smaller teams is is things like um virtual drinks on a friday night uh yeah. after work um uh coffee mornings uh quizzes so like you know 20 minute zoom uh quizzes where you've got the entire organization doing some kind of kahoot quiz or something yeah. like that um and uh, and the other thing that was interesting i was talking to a, a video expert yesterday um and uh we were one of the things we were talking about was uh, different different channels for different 
experiences. So, for example, a Zoom or a Microsoft Teams meeting would be sort of a bit more official in the boardroom style, um, whereas a, a WhatsApp or a FaceTime would mm -hmm. be a bit more like having a chat by the photocopier. Um, yeah. And and I think what you're saying here is that it's is is that it, you need to be doing some of that stuff to make it a bit more real and 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 to be, and to be accessible. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And it, so, it needs to be, I think just one final thing, it needs to be authentic as well. What we can't do is rigidly reach out and just send a text saying, how are you doing? It needs to be authentic. It needs to be personalized. Um, I think that's a really important thing within any communication is if it is generic, we know what it's like receiving a generic email from Groupon or whoever. It just doesn't mean anything. Whereas if we can personalize that connection, um, I think that's vital. So asking about their family, for example, asking about their interests, all of those kind of things is really important. Um if, Harry, if we've got uh, someone that we're concerned about, a, a friend, a family member, um, you know, well, first of all, what would be the signs uh, to make us concerned and, and what would be the, the things that we could be doing? So the signs are harder to spot right now. That's one of the big problems is that usually we spot the signs when we are actually connecting with an individual and we're talking to them. And uh, we, we do know that communication is being lower. We're not being able to read people's faces as well. Um, even on video calls, it's harder to read emotions into it. Um, when I struggled with my mental health at university, I was the best actor in the world. People couldn't spot um, the fact that I was actually struggling. And that's gonna be even harder now for individuals that are struggling with their mental health. So I think the first thing in terms of spotting the warning signs, we need to be able to communicate. It keeps going back to that. Communicate, communicate, communicate. If we feel like something isn't right, we can go into all of the warning signs and all of the academic research papers. What it really comes down to is a gut feeling that something isn't quite right. Something might not be right. And if it isn't, please ask if they're okay and ask if they're okay twice, especially with males. What we know with males is it's a lot harder for them to open up. And if we ask just once, are you okay? The usual response, my response in the past has been, yes, I'm absolutely fine. And that's the end of that conversation. We move on to some sort of sports chat or whatnot. What we need to do is ask twice. And so, are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. Are you actually okay? And that second question usually then gets an individual to then open up and you can hopefully have an open conversation um, if they are struggling about what they're struggling with. Um, listen to them, be empathetic, and then being able to support them during and after the conversation is really important. So it's not just during that conversation. You're able to touch base with them regularly if you're feeling that that's appropriate. Yeah, I, and and I, I can totally relate to that second question and that challenge, and I think it's so important to do and and just not not accept the first answer if you've got a concern. Um, I think that's a, a very fair point. Um, the uh, you're taking me back a bit, really. Uh, I, I I was just debating whether I was going to to say this, but you're taking me back a bit because um, I lost a, a very close friend at the age of sixteen uh, who uh, committed suicide, and um, and so you know I, I really value. Uh, all the help that uh, that people can get with this, um, because it's it's a it's a terrible terrible loss and tragedy, and and uh, and so. Oh, sorry, we're back. We're back. <laughs> what happened then? I do apologise. Um, uh, Sorry, 
Yeah, you're, you're, you're still there, aren't you? Uh, it's a terrible loss in tragedy. Sorry, uh, sorry for that technical issue. I have no idea what happened. Um, so let's move on. Um, so one of the things that you do is that you offer uh, some kind of uh, deepened report for uh, for businesses. Um, d- tell us about uh, the sort of thing that that businesses could organisations could could be doing. Uh, what what does that achieve? How does it work? Um, and and what sort of data we could get from it? At the moment, so workplace health initiatives, people are often blindfolding themselves and throwing a dart at a dartboard and going, we need to look at sleep or nutrition or mental health. And we don't know as organisations where the issues lie necessarily. And everything for it to be successful needs to be data driven. So that's exactly what we've done at Champion Health. So we're able to conduct online health assessments. So it's really important that they're all online, digital, furloughed employees can complete them, that look at all areas of health and well-being from mental health, so stress, anxiety, depression, lifestyle health, sleep, nutrition, hydration, physical activity, for example, um, musculoskeletal health, so lower back pain, and then energy levels. Each employee will go through the online health assessment and they'll get their own individual health and well-being report at the end of it. So it might state that your nutrition is fantastic and this is what you need to do to improve your sleep, for example. And so it will give you action plans um, that you can then follow up on and improve your overall health and well-being off the back of. The organisation then get an anonymised. It's really important to identify. It's all anonymised, confidential data. And they're able to see where the areas of risk are in the organization. So whether it is mental health problems and it may be 25 percent of employees are struggling with anxiety, for example, or it might be poor sleep. And we know that poor sleep leads to absence and poor mental health and poor musculoskeletal health even. And so we're able to break down that data for an organization to optimize employee well-being. And it's there to benefit employees at the end of it. It's really important that you can't identify individuals within the company report. So off the back of that data, we then build health and wellbeing strategies to be able to, as I say, optimize employee health and wellbeing in the long term. And and so the sort of data that comes out of that is things that is data on around depression, anxiety, stress, yeah. uh, suicidal thoughts, um, uh, sleep, nutrition. Uh, muscular have all sorts of different things to to really try and because what you're ultimately saying is that the more you can understand the more you can opt i like your word of optimizing yeah uh, uh, and uh, it makes sense i mean you know i specialize in search engine optimization so it's nice to hear the word use, being used in a different way um but but yeah it makes perfect sense to to ultimately improve productivity and uh, and effectiveness i guess um if so I'm an employee. I'm working from home. What are the things that I could be doing to to try and help my mental health state? So I, th- I think that the first thing that we need to look at is it's extremely difficult. And I'm in a fortunate position where I've not got children at the moment that are distracting me and I've not got to homeschool them, for example. It is extremely difficult. So just accepting that it's difficult, not fighting those feelings. If we are feeling anxious or we're feeling stressed and frustrated, not fighting those feelings, accepting those feelings that, yeah, it is difficult at the moment, but we're able to work through it. So in terms of working through it, we've designed a remote action plan. So that is an acronym. So the R is routine. Now, routines can be difficult, especially if we've got children and especially working within 
our homes as well. But we need to try and get into some kind of stable routine if possible. What we know with routines, we are creatures that thrive off routines as human beings, if you look at all the behavioral psychology around it. So we need to try and wake up at the same time that we would normally if we were going to work. We need to try and maintain having physical activity breaks. We know that's really important during the working day. And we need to be able to schedule um, our working time as well. The E is then um, set expectations. So clear expectations, don't try and do too much. What we know um, about working from home is actually we work longer than we would if we were working in a workplace and commuting because that commute is taken out. And we're also conscious as employees, I am as much as anyone, that we may not be as productive as what we were working in um, an office space. So a lot of business owners are conscious that employees are skiving potentially. The data says exactly the opposite. The third thing is then the M um, within remote. So that's minimize distractions. And so in terms of minimizing distractions, it's vital um, that we are able to put our phones away, for example, um, and we, we don't necessarily get distracted by the little things in life. We may get distracted by our children, which is absolutely fine. But those things that we can control, we need to try and be able to keep out of the way. The O is around online communication. Um, so when we're talking about online communication, that's through uh, video uh, messaging, for example, um, text messaging, um, all of the ways that we can uh, use um, communication channels at the moment um, to be able to stay in touch with, um, with our teams. Um, in terms of the... Um, T, I'm just having to get it up in terms of remote work. <laughs> don't worry. You're doing, so, you're doing very, very well so far. Don't worry. <laughs> timetabling it. So timetable our day, try and break it down so it ties into that routine aspect. And then the final letter is around E, so exercise. We need to exercise, um, maintain physical activity breaks. I know that we can only go outside once a day um, at the time of this recording anyway. Um, <laughs> but we need to make sure that we stay active around the home, around our home. Um, try and break sitting periods every 45 minutes because that reduces the risk of back pain. And that's a bit of a concern of ours at the moment that um, people aren't necessarily geared to working at home. They might be using makeshift chairs and so on um, that aren't necessarily ergonomically safe. So let's remain active to keep our bodies and our postures um, safe and sound. Well, uh, uh, is there any indication on the data or, or, or any instinctive feelings around the uh, which age groups might be affected the most uh, with, with this sort of thing? It's really interesting, the age group side of things, um, because often people think it's sort of my age and younger, the millennials, where the problems lie. Um, actually, the data doesn't suggest that those most at risk of taking their life are 40 to 50 year old males. So that's the first thing. Then when we look at the cost of poor mental health throughout organisations, that data is exactly the same, that the cost, the greatest cost is those individuals that are between 40 to 50 years old. Um, and so actually, I think we need to move away from uh, the stereotype that it's millennials that are the ones that are struggling with their mental health the most. I actually believe that they're the most willing to talk about their mental health, which is a really important uh, facet to be able to dealing with mental health problems. Um, a problem shared is a problem halved. Um, that old adage is absolutely true when it comes to mental health and well-being as well. Um, 
so yeah, I, I think that that's really important to be able to identify that it's not just the millennial generation that's struggling, it's everyone, everyone is in this. In terms of the specific data at the moment, we've not seen any um, out there, so I can't share any with you. But in terms of the data over the last year or two, um, it's, it's often 40 to 50 year olds that have families and are financially um, burdened uh, with mortgages and, and X, Y, and Z um, that are those that struggle the most. Do you, do you think, I mean, I, I guess from the way you're talking, the answer is yes, but do, do you think that this is really going to change the agenda? This crisis is is going to actually put mental health in, in the place that it deserved to be? I hope so, is my short answer. I think so as well. Um, now, mental health and well-being, the profile has increased massively within the last two to three years. The fact that males are really talking about their mental health now is it's just fantastic to see. When I was at university seven years ago, I was a male that struggled with their mental health. I didn't talk to anyone about it. And thankfully, my tutor reached out to me um, and I just broke down into tears. And it was the best thing I ever did because um, I was just bottling up these feelings and these feelings were getting worse and worse. Now, I, I really think that although it's absolutely dreadful what's going on at the moment in terms of coronavirus, Hopefully, when we come out the other side, I think the world will be a better place. I think it'll be a more compassionate place. And I think people will be more understanding around mental health and well-being. The organisations that didn't believe that their employees were the most important part of their business, they sure do now. And so I truly believe that businesses will be better to work in, um, pending what happens financially. Um, but also the world will be better to live in, I really hope. And and do you think that the uh, again? Um, I mean, <laughs> the NHS. I mean, it's constantly needing money, and 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 in fact, before the crisis, we were probably giving it less money. Um, uh, I guess the hope there is that that mental health will will get more support and and uh, and, and and more money ploughed into it. I mean, the, with the with the the economic downturn, you know, you've heard figures at twenty percent uh i'm not sure if the government we, we were both talking earlier we're not sure if the government was even suggesting 30 yeah, uh, percent another thing I yeah saw. huge downturn um huge job losses um uh, i guess we can only hope that the nhs is going to get more resource for, for for mental health and well-being as well yeah without a shadow yeah. and not only the nhs itself but nhs staff i think that's really important that for us to be able to look after other people, we need to look after ourselves. And for us to look after ourselves, we need our organisations to support us. So I think that's a really important area. A lot of feedback that we're having um, from employees is that the waiting times are just too lengthy um, to receive any kind of treatment. Um, and that's across the country as well. So we need to be able to reduce those wait times. Um, but it's a huge task at the moment um, for the NHS to be able to deliver on that. So, so just to recap, I've just put this on the uh, the screen again. This is a tool that would normally have been paid for. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, but but uh, because of COVID, um, you've uh, very brilliantly uh, put this up for free, and it's a, a training program for employees uh, to be able to use to give them actionable reports. Yeah, actionable plans. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. Did I miss anything there? <laughs> and I suppose the second thing is that you can then spot the warning signs of someone else struggling. It's all been updated to reflect the current situation as well. And so how you can connect and reach out um, during this period, um, that's all covered within here. 
Brilliant. Okay, that's really helpful. Um, and the, and the key message that we're trying to get across really is uh, communication um, and to to try not to put too much pressure on ourselves. Um, and 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 some of the real basics of you know getting some good sleep and eating well and exercise. Absolutely, and and that's great for our mental health. But let's also just cover immune function. And immune function has never been as important. Um, sleeping well, eating well, being physically active, it doesn't mean that we can't contract the virus. Um, but what it does mean is our immune systems will be boosted. And so we'd be able to fight it off much better. So it's really important that we do focus and prioritize our sleep, physical activity, nutrition and hydration at this point. In terms of alcohol, we've seen as a nation a 55% increase in alcohol sales. And what we know is alcohol does significantly suppress our immune system. So we do need to look into that as well um, as a nation and be able to lead those healthy lifestyles. A 55% increase? 55% increase in sales. Wow. That, so that probably has increased as well. Wow. Yeah, scary, scary stuff. Um have is there anything uh, else that you want to get across to people that are watching whether they be uh, leaders hr departments uh, with teams or individuals just trying to 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 give themselves uh, the tools is there anything else you that you that you think we've missed or you want to get across at all i think there's one thing with individuals that it's perfectly normal to feel anxious at the moment I think that's something that's really important to just being able to normalize anxiety and what anxiety is is a fear or a dread of something that is happening or is about to happen and that's a completely natural response and COVID-19 at the moment is a threat to our society make no bones about it but we need to accept those feelings of anxiety not try and fight them off um, as it's literally quite like pouring petrol on a fire if we try and fight off those feelings of anxiety they will just increase and so just accepting what's going on um, and realizing that a lot of this stuff out there is out of our control. We can only control what we can control. And it seems so basic, but that is something that's really helped me with my mental health um, over the years and also helps a lot of other people. And so in terms of controlling what we can control, leading healthy lifestyles, not watching too much of the news, um, because a lot of that stuff is out of our control, especially in terms of policy and so on, um, and just accepting what is going on. Um, the second thing is in terms of businesses, that if we didn't believe our employees were the most important aspect of our business, we sure do now. And we need to invest time and resource into the most important areas of our business in order for us to lead healthy businesses um, in a nutshell, but also to do the right thing to reduce mental health problems and reduce the suicide epidemic that is ongoing within our country. Brilliant. Um, thank you very much indeed. Um, this has been really insightful. Where, uh, Harry, if we want to find you online and, and talk to you, where, where do we find you? Yeah, so drop me an email. I'd love to hear your feedback or get in contact if you've got any comments. Um, so harry.bliss at championhealth.co.uk. So harry.bliss at championhealth.co.uk. You can find us, Google us on uh, Champion Health um, and you can just get in touch with us. We've got a live chat uh, function as well. So please reach out, get in contact. We'd love to hear from you. Excellent. As I said, really insightful. Um, thank you so much for joining us today uh, and, uh, and and giving us uh, uh, some really strong tips and advice and, and practical advice, really. Um, Thanks very much for watching. Um, as I said, loads of support in the Facebook group, so please join us there. There'll be more live Q&As to come. Uh, but stay safe, stay at home, 
whilst this has been recorded. Uh, and uh, and we will see you all soon. Bye from me and Harry. Bye. Thank you. Take care, everyone. You've been listening to the Johnny Ross Audio Experience. Thanks so much for joining me. If you want to continue the conversation, head over to my website, fleek.marketing, or find me on LinkedIn. That's all for today. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, tag me in your social media posts, and please leave me a review on iTunes. It will make a huge difference for me. I will see you soon.